to waking up, uh, you know, on my mom's couch as a college graduate, supposed to be a successful person. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to pay my car and, and all this stuff and what I'm going to do with my life. And I'm three years in and trying to trace this dream. This is the 20 at 20 podcast, where I, Bryce Betts, your host, have 20 minute conversations with industry leaders about what advice they would give their 20 year old selves. Okay, welcome back to episode number four of the 20 at 20 podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, If you are listening, if you could please just give me a like or even a review on the podcast that you listen through. That would help me a lot. I really appreciate it. It's a pretty monumental episode for me. It's my first episode where I'm not interviewing a really close friend of mine. I I do know him and uh, I'm thankful to know him, but it's the first time for me to not have someone that I I talk to on a really regular basis. So that's a it's a pretty good step for me, and I look forward to continue to grow in this podcast. So he's a great guest. On the other line, I have an author, a speaker, and a trainer. It's Dr. Clarence Lee Jr. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Bryce. I'm pumped. Awesome. I'm pumped as well. So I know I said author, speaker, and trainer, but could you just give a better idea of what exactly that entails? Yeah, so... Um... I'm a, so, so I'll tell you my day job. My day job, I practice medicine. So I'm a, I'm a physician. So that's where the doctor piece comes in. But uh, my passions lie in uh, encouraging people to live their vision. So my, the author speaker trainer piece is uh, I write books around uh, self-help motivation. Uh, I speak all over the country at uh, universities encouraging students. And uh, I train in, in personal development at events. So with all those different facets of things that you're focusing on, are, are you able to have a pretty set routine or is that changing day to day? Um, I, I like to, I like to mix it up. Um, so I like doing a lot of different things. I'm a really huge proponent that uh, people have multiple talents and to bring value to the world in as many ways as you can. So a, a typical week for me could be seeing patients a few days, uh, traveling to go do a, go do a talk and uh, shooting some online trainings with some of my uh, students that I train. So now that we have a pretty good picture of what you do today, could you just take us back to, I guess, what year it was maybe when you were 20 and what you were doing at that time? <laughs> um, so it was 2001, and uh, I was in college. I was uh, playing basketball at the uh, University of the Incarnate Word uh, in San Antonio, Texas. So my, my, my main focus at 20 was uh, my basketball career, but I'll, I'll never for forget that year because uh, 9-11 happened that year. So I remember exactly where I was. I remember the where I watched the, the towers go down on TV and just being crazy. But that was an interesting year for me. The 20 was, was, was a pivotal year. It was pivotal. So could you just um, – did you see yourself becoming a doctor at that time or what? where were you mindset-wise? Can you remember back then? Yeah, it was It was on my radar. Uh, it was something that um, I always knew was going to be a, a, something that I thought about pursuing. But um, I loved basketball, man. I, I loved playing and, and shooting and, and competing. And um, that was really where I was pushing myself, trying to get myself to perform how I thought I could, uh, playing at a collegiate level, man. But uh, it, it, medicine was it was always in the background for sure. 
I totally feel that. At 20 myself, I was trying to be a professional BMX racer, and I knew I wanted to get into the business world, marketing, and, and a little more focus in graphic design. But all my main uh, my main energy was was towards cycling. So sounds the same for you. What what college was that, and what were you studying? Uh, University of the Incarnate Word. So it's a Catholic school in San Antonio, Texas. I was studying biology, so I was in their um, biology department. Pre pre med biology. Nice, and then and then from there, um, once you graduated, you went. Did you go into the Air Force? Yeah, yeah. So I I um I, I talked about that because I actually that two thousand and uh nine eleven kind of um it was one of the kind of the pivotal moments where I knew I was going to join the uh, join the military. I knew it was something that um, my dad was a Marine, and I knew it was something I was going to do, and I wanted to. Um, I just wanted to serve my country. And um, so after I finished undergrad, I applied for what's called a health health profession scholarship program with the Air Force and uh, got accepted into the into the scholarship program, commissioned as an officer and um, and into the reserves. And then they sent me to school to go to go to medical school. Do you think that had an impact on what you're doing and practicing today? Is it change your perspective or? For, so, oh my gosh! So the the Air Force was a, a, an amazing uh, experience. I always just kind of talk about Air Force as um, as a as a place where I, I kind of kind of developed. So um, it gave me an opportunity to see the world. It gave me an opportunity to work with some great leaders. Um, I was I was a flight surgeon, um, so I um, I flew jets and I took care of pilots. That was my that was my job. Um, so yeah, it deployed all over the world. I think the the major lessons from the Air Force is um, I'd probably say service before self. So a commitment to uh, service. Uh, so a, a commitment to serving something that's bigger than you. So you wake up, you put that uniform on, you got some pride because you know you're 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 serving a huge mission. And so I, I think um, serve my country is, is something that's honorable for you to do. And I think each person has that opportunity to serve a, a bigger uh, purpose in their life every single day. So what would you say that purpose that you're serving today is? So for me, it's, um, so my gift, uh, so I, I feel each person is gifted. So my gift is in encouragement. So um, I, um, I'm, a, I'm a very positive minded person and I love to encourage people. So that is the value that I add to the world. So if it's books that I'm doing, if it's uh, podcast interviews like I'm doing right now, or if it's events that I put on, um, if it's speaking that I do, I pretty much focus on encouraging someone. So, so calling out of them what I see in them right now. I definitely feel that. When you were back when you were twenty playing basketball, do you think you kind of felt that role of encouragement to your teammates? Have you always had that, or is that something you maybe developed later in the Air Force or in your professional career? I was I was always kind of a we can do it type of uh, dude. <laughs> Even from when I was really really small, um, I was I was always like super motivated and confident um, that uh, I could do things or that we could do things. So yeah, I was I was the guy that was. Uh, up in the mornings at 4 a.m. and we were running and I was the guy that was like, yeah, let's go. I'm feeling good. You know, like I was always uh, that guy. And I think just kind of shifting the energy, even when you're like, you know, suffering for pre, you know, pre, pre uh, season workouts, um, just kind of shifting the energy and, and pulling things out of people. I've always, I've always been like that. Awesome. So it sounds like you were quite the mentor to your peers, but did you have other mentors in, in your life at that time that helped encourage where you 
came today? A- absolutely. So uh, my my mom my mom was a nurse, uh, so she was kind of like my my first book I wrote all uh, completely about my mom. Um, she was kind of my first mentor, uh, but she was pretty strategic with some of the people that she put in front of me. So um, I, I had I had physicians, specifically surgeons, that my mom kind of sought out and and uh, had them act as mentors for me. So I, I had uh, doctors that were mentors, uh, business people that were mentors. So I was very very blessed to have guys in my life that would just encourage me uh, to push toward. But mentors, I've, I've had mentors. I got mentors now. So it's um, it's very, very valuable for me to get a perspective from someone that's a little further along. Nice. You always want to have that. And you also give that back through your seminars and different people that you instruct. I saw on your Instagram recently, do you, you help some younger physicians or as some sort of advisor? Yeah. So um, I work with uh, I work with pre-med students um, just yeah, if, if I have had some sort of success in an area that a person wants to do, it's it's a no-brainer for me to want to share that advice and share my story with them, especially if I can give them a heads up on something to look out for. And I feel like that is what my mentors did for me the most. It was like, hey, you know, for so for me, I'll give you an example. Like it took me five years to get into medical school. So I had to apply to medical school 500 times. So I was the first person in my family to go to medical school. I didn't know what I was doing. One of my mentors early on told me medicine is very, very competitive. If you don't get in the first year, don't even worry about it. Right. So like in my mind, it was something I was pushing for, but I knew it was a difficult task for me. And I knew like if I was going to try to do this, it was going to take commitment and persistence. And so because I had that perspective, I, you know, I wasn't tripping when I didn't make it the first year. Right. In my mind, I wasn't going to quit because my mentors had already set up for me to say this was going to be difficult. You might not get in the first year. Keep pressing. And it ended up coming true. You know what I mean? Like I just kept pushing year after year and uh, my dream was realized. So if, if, if I can share something and help someone see along the road something that they may not have seen if they didn't talk to me, I'm doing that all day, man. You said commitment and persistence, and that's so apparent in what you do today. I could definitely tell, and it sounds like you're, you're passing that on. So through that time when you applied 500 times to different med schools, it, I know I know you said you were positive and persistent, but you had to have had some internal struggles then, or were you? Did you find doubt, or how did you deal with that? Yeah, so um, I had some I had some down times during that. Don't don't don't, don't get me wrong at all. You know, there were moments when I questioned um, if this was for me. There were moments when I questioned if I was good enough. Uh, there were moments when I thought, especially the third or fourth year. Um, I thought, hey, maybe this wasn't for me. I gave it a good go. It's time for me to, you know, get realistic about my life. So I had all of these thoughts. And I'll, I'll tell you one story about one pivotal moment. I, I looked, I started looking at other professional schools around the third or fourth year. I started looking for optometry school, pharmacy school, all these other schools that weren't as competitive as medical school. And um, I got the opportunity to go to optometry school which is an eye doctor. I love, I love glasses. I wear glasses. It's, you know, it was part of me, but it wasn't really my dream. And so uh, the, the pivotal moment was when I asked myself, was a compromise going to be good enough for my life? So I could see if it was like, 
you know, you don't have the ketchup for my for my burger. Okay, I'm gonna get the burger without the ketchup today. But um, I knew that I wasn't going to be okay with the compromise for my entire life for career path, right? And uh, just kind of doubled down and kept pushing, man. But uh, you know, I, I feel like those lows are inevitable. It's just if you have a process in, in place to remind yourself of what you're truly capable of, you're able to keep going. But the lows are, man, I had some, some really, really low moments, man. Just just waking up, uh, you know, on my mom's couch as a college graduate, supposed to be a successful person. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to pay my car and, and all this stuff and what I'm going to do with my life. And I'm three years in and trying to trace this dream. So there were, there were some really, really low moments, man. Um, but I'm, I'm just thankful for the mentors and people to continue to push me and I was able to keep going. That's so interesting. And like you said, the lows are inevitable, but it, they're, they're rarely shared, especially in the social media world. I mean, even yourself, I, I see things going so well and so many things that are built, but it's hard, it's hard to zoom out and remember that you had five years when you were applying to medical school and things weren't going well. But uh, things do end up getting where you end up. And as long as your why is strong enough, like you say, you'll get there. But uh, out of that, it sounds like you, you really, you focus on that marathon that uh, Nipsey Hussle would say. And I know you've, you posted about him after his passing, rest in peace. But it, it does, you do live that marathon for sure. So can you just explain the patience and maybe how time goes on? Because to me at, at 24, I mean, it does seem like these next three years are so pivotal in my career and I really need to make sure I'm doing all of the right things. But maybe in reality, I mean, I have plenty of time to get to where I need. Yeah. I, so I, I think your time, so time perspective, so I'm, I'm 38 now. So my, my, my time perspective definitely shift from where I am now from when I was 20 but I'll tell you my, my my mindset for long game when I was 20 was this I didn't once I made it to 20 I didn't think I was going to die by the time I was 30 and that seems really simple but I didn't think I was going to die so I told myself I'd rather be a doctor when I was 30 than opposed to not being one so if I'm going to make it to 30 well I might as well just keep pushing toward it because by 30, I'll be a doc opposed to taking um, a, a simple, uh, 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 easier compromise earlier in life. So for me, it was it was long game from the beginning because I knew the majority of people weren't, aren't going to put 10 years in. Most people aren't going to put 10 years in. And so if I wanted to um, if, if I wanted to have success that was, you know, extraordinary, if I wanted to do something that wasn't uh, common, then I was going to have to have a commitment that a, most people wouldn't have. And so um, that's kind of what, what the long game was for was for me, um, was that I knew most people weren't going to put the 10 years in and most people quit. Every single person, uh, Bryce, that I started in uh, undergrad with that said they were going to go to medical school, every single one of them quit. Wow. And so it's because it's hard. But, um, you know, I, I, I think that that speaks to it's not rocket science. Success isn't rocket science. Um, it's it's a it's it's a commitment and persistence. If you figure that out, I believe in my heart of hearts, you can get whatever you want, because that's been my story. I love that success isn't rocket science. And it's really not. And you applied it to the doctor world, but it, it could change to 
whatever the person is striving after. If you want to be a YouTuber, I guarantee if you posted every single day for 10 years, you'd be happy where you ended up because of no one's going to put that 10 years just like you said. So there's some great lessons for sure. And it, it sounds like you had that perspective when you were 20. But when when you see these younger people in med school that maybe, I mean, they, they're all so gung-ho and they, they know that they're going to become a doctor, but you know the stats and a lot of them end up quitting. So what would you tell them or, or what do you tell them to keep persisting? Um, I, I tell them mostly don't be afraid to fail and don't take your failures too serious. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna you're gonna run up against walls. Things aren't gonna go the best. That's how you learn. And 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 honestly, I feel like when I teach this in my seminars, I feel like your failures and your pain in life, that's where you get your power. So when I get ready to go and I speak, when I go and speak to uh, pre-meds about getting into medical school, well, I speak from a, a power stance of having overcome five years of opposition to get into medical school. So I speak with a, a, a power and a certainty because of what I had to go through, right? So if I didn't have that, if I didn't have those struggles, I wouldn't be so adamant about pushing and continuing, right? I wouldn't be so convinced that that is the formula if it ha if that hadn't have been my story. So um, I, I share with young people, don't be afraid to fail. Don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> you know, it's not that big of a deal. Just keep pressing. No, so, and there's, here's full circle. I've never had a patient ask me how long it took me to get into medical school. It's irrelevant now, right? So at the time when I'm in it, it was the most crushing thing for me was that this wasn't happening. I was in a rabbit hole. All I could think about was my dream and my life was going to be ruined. And now it's a complete afterthought. <laughs> you know, I have to bring it up to tell people about it. So uh, perspective is, is critical, but, you know, don't be afraid to fail. Go after what you want. And the last thing I'd probably say is you don't always have to know how to do what you want to do. You, you don't have to know how to do it. <laughs> the only thing that matters is that you want to do it. That's it. So when, when you say the only thing that matters is that you want to do it, are you saying like career goals or, or maybe some sort of skill to learn? Could you just elaborate? Both. Both. So I, I think um, uh, I think those are those are downloads from God, man. I feel like if you have a desire within you, it's been put there. And the reason I believe that is because everyone doesn't want the same thing. Like if everyone wanted the yeah. same thing, then, oh, okay, well, maybe, maybe this desire is coming from somewhere else, but each person wants a specific thing. So it first starts with desire. So if that desire is in you, I feel like you have the capacity to bring that about because that is exactly what's in you and that's what you want. So um, I know, so for me, in the like the entrepreneurial space like starting my own business i when i was eight years old i have a video my mom my mom took a video of me and i said i'm gonna own my own company one day and i'm gonna do all this i had no idea how i was gonna do it i knew medicine because that's what my mentors did it took me until i was 30 to start my own business when i had the vision when i was eight <laughs> but i feel like a lot of the delay was because i didn't know how to do it Right. I, I did what I knew how to do. And so but I always had the desire. And so the desire never went away. 
And so, um, yeah, I just encourage, encourage young folks, especially 20 year olds, you know, don't focus on it. if you don't know how to do it, you know, get on Mr. Googs and start Googling how to start a business or how to whatever. And you can at least get your first steps. And then as long as you're intentional and persistent every single day toward that desire, I believe it will happen for you. I love how you put that. And there's definitely so many resources out there myself. I, I work full time as a graphic designer and everything that I learned from graphic design is all all from Google and YouTube. And because of that, I've been able to put a lot of mentors in my life that have helped direct me. But even with this podcast, I mean, I always just start in the Google and it always helps for sure. And one thing that you did say was about the desire. And, and when I think of myself, I mean, I've always had the desire of writing a book. I, I've known that I've, I want to ha- be an author, but I, I right now I'm not in that spot where I don't know I don't know what or why or what I'm going to write. I just know that I, I have that. So maybe I'm, I'm kind of like that eight-year-old self. And uh, by the time you're 30, you're practicing. So I know you've written a few books. Have you always had that desire? And how did you actually start? What was the motivation to actually doing it? Uh, <laughs> to be honest, someone walked up. Uh, I started speaking. And uh, I was speaking all over the place, sharing my message. And I realized that I could speak and I was good at it. And uh, someone from the audience came up to me, and this is literally where the idea came from. (laughs) Someone came up in the audience and asked me, have you written a book? I think you should write a book. Your story is pretty interesting. Um, And that kind of dropped the initial seed um, that maybe this is something that I uh, could do. And then um, I started looking more into the book industry, and I realized that if I wrote a book, it, it could position me as an expert, and then that could help my speaking business. And so for me, the book was just an opportunity for me to kind of write these lessons and then expand myself because I can only speak to a certain amount of people at one time, right? But my book can continue to, to be shared and read and shared. Um, so, you know, the idea came from somebody just asked me, had I ever thought about it? I was like, no, I hadn't. You know, I think I'll do that. <laughs> you have to be open to those opportunities. You never know what it will be when it comes into your life, but w- when it does, it's there for a purpose. And it sounds like that's what a book was for you. So you've written a few books, right? What what was that timeline? When when did that guy say you need to write a book? And then how long to get the first book out? And then how many books since? Or are you are you working on books now? Yeah. So um, <laughs> so the idea for the first book and it actually being in my hand, the very first one took me four years, and that it didn't take me four years of writing. Um, it, that was really kind of a concentrated six months time of writing once I decided I was actually going to do it. But I had the outline four years before, and a lot of that stumbling and tripping was that um, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to do it. Turn that around, the second book uh, took me from inception to in my hand in two years. Um, and so, you know, because I had, I had done it before, right? So I knew, I knew exactly uh, what to do. And um, yes, I'm, and I'm working on, I'm working on the third book uh, as we speak, um, which, will, which will come out next year. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, you run into things, you bump, you bump your head, you bump your head, you bump your head. And, uh, you know, you figure it out along the way. And, and that's what I've done in, in kind of in the book industry. Sweet. And what are the titles of those books, if anyone wants to look them up? Yeah, so my first book is titled Well, My Mom Says, uh, Stories of Persistence, Faith, and Action. And uh, that's pretty much just an inspirational memoir about my life. So I just share conversations I had with my mom uh, growing up. She was kind of like my, you know, 
my, my main encouraging person in my life. And so first book is about conversations I had with her uh, growing up and how they kind of changed how I saw things. And uh, my second book is uh, the title is Persist, How to Beat the Things That Make Us Quit. Um, and that is uh, in that book, I just kind of as I was speaking, I kind of went out and as I talked to people, I kind of outlined the top 10 excuses of why people aren't living their dreams. And each chapter, I kind of uh, I, I kind of break down that 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 myth or uh, that reasoning that most people use of why they aren't living their dreams. So I use the top 10 reasons people aren't using their dreams and I and I teach how to beat them. Awesome. And, and I haven't read those admittedly. So I, I'm going to definitely pick one up after this and and check it out doing my daily quotes. So I'll definitely get some nuggets out of that one and this podcast as well. It's been so great going over not to be afraid of failure and success isn't rocket science. Been The lows are inevitable. And I guess before I end, I, I am interested in your perspective on social media. I was looking at your LinkedIn. and I know you had a few thousand followers on there. You're active on Twitter. You're active on Instagram. And so when uh, when someone younger comes into you, do you think that online presence is important in the physician or in the doctor world? Do you think that they should be focusing on that? Or especially, it's an interesting time for 20 year olds on social media, because some of them are posting beer pong and having fun. And then some of them are are trying to become um, maybe some sort of Ty Lopez out there with saying they're gonna give all of this different value, and they haven't maybe done that much. And then there's also people that are just kind of inactive. So where do you think uh, someone that's younger should lay on social media. Uh, I, I love social media um, for the ability to spread a positive message. So what I would say to young people is if you're going to go on uh, social media and post, uh, think about it as like a, um, as a, a, a front, a front page of the newspaper. So if you, uh, if you want to speak to things or, or show things, uh, let it be something that you would be proud to put on the front page of the newspaper in your hometown. And, um, that, um, you know, that you'd be, you'd be, you'd be good with it being on the front page. And so for me at 20, um, yeah, I was, I was, look, I was a college student wilding and doing crazy things, going out, drinking too much and girls everywhere and all these things. Um, and so that's, that's fine, <laughs> like, you know, um, but from the social media uh, perspective, I would say always try to put your best foot forward, always try to encourage other people. Um, we, everyone knows your life isn't perfect, but if you can speak to the lesson, this is how I use it. If you can speak to the lessons that you learn, if you can try to encourage somebody through something, if you can kind of share something that you went through and that you overcame, um, that's how you can start positive ripples in the world. And so that's how I use social media as just kind of a platform to, to spread positivity and love and, and, and goodness. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a, it's a great platform. And I've, you know, I've, so many people have come into my life just from social media alone. Like so many people have inboxed me and said, man, you know, you should, that post really hit me or thank you for posting that man. And um, I think it's just all around intention. If your intention is to bring good, if your intention is to encourage, if your intention is to bring positivity in the world, social media is an amazing platform for you to do that. Right. And the intention is so important. And for me and in, in social media, anytime that I've shared something that maybe I was uncomfortable or scared of. Those are the posts that I've had the best engagement or impacting those people. I, the only posts that I've had someone reply to me. So when I do something that I think is super cool, maybe I, I wrapped a car or something, 
it's nice for me to share, but when, when you're sharing those struggles and the hard times, that's when, that's when I, I noticed the most, the most, um, encouragement, which is awesome. So I know it, especially if you're young, it could be scared to start to share. But if you, instead of thinking of needing to just project advice, if you just share your life, your struggles, your, um, your goals and different things, people are going to buy into that and totally love, love to follow your journey. And they'll appreciate the high times even higher if you share the low times. So I know it's hard to share and, and you don't have to share if you're not comfortable with that. But if you are, it could definitely have a huge impact. And like you said, you, you've met so many great people through social media. And I, I totally think it's such a great networking tool. So how could people get a hold of you And since this podcast is rolling up? And is there anything else that you wanted to add to this? Yeah, so you can uh, clarenchleyjr.com is my website. Uh, you can catch me on all the social media networks at Dr. Clarence Lee Jr. Um, and um, yeah, I would just you know I would just say we every 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 low in our life um, gives gives us a perspective and it gives us uh, power to push forward. So uh, share your struggles. I, I start my I start every presentation that I do with a slide listing all of my failures. Um, and, and the reason I do that is because that makes you real, uh, that makes you, uh, it, it makes you relatable. Um, and I'm not looking to impress people, I'm looking to impact people. So if you wanna impact people with your, with your life, share your struggles, that's how they connect with you. And that's how you encourage people the most by sharing your failures. Awesome. Not not looking to impress people, looking to impact people. That's such a, a powerful message. And I really appreciate everything you shared. I, I definitely got a lot of value. And I hope whoever's listening right now, you got a lot of value as well. I really appreciate it. Like I said, make sure you're subscribing. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to listen back to episode three with Dr. Jason Richardson. I know a personal friend of Dr. Lee, and I think they, they, they're on the same wavelength of definitely having a powerful impact. And then also just embracing your struggles and, and becoming a more a stronger person because of it. So thanks so much. And I'll look for you the next episode, Tuesdays at two. Thank you.